are listening to Keep It 100 Pod. I am Dakota, and I am coming to you live from a closet in my apartment because I have no personal space. Dorsey is with me, and this is, we're just going to talk about theater today and whatever we want. And he's laughing, so I'm losing it because uh, I have a great intro. But yeah, Keep 100, we keep it 100% real. I don't remember what Torsi said last time, so that's where that's, we are. That's pretty much it. No, we good. And yes, I am in a closet. Not in the closet, but <laughs> I'm really not helping my case here, Torsi. <laughs> I am I am in a in a closet <laughs> with my mic set up. Ooh, is it hot in here? <laughs> dead. I am deceased. Holy shit. Oh, I can't uh, wait for this episode again. I, I'm just going to have that. Just record that section, and that'll be the advertisement. Just like, I'm in a closet. Not not in the closet. <laughs> Ooh, I cannot wait. Okay, so as we come Welcome back, back, folks. We're going to talk about theater. So we were both uh, theater majors at the college we went to. Uh, graduated. And you don't get to know where it is. <laughs> graduated a couple years apart. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying not to dox us, so I don't know what I should or shouldn't say. All right, let's be real. By the time this podcast gets podcast gets popular enough that people who don't know us are listening to it, they'd have they've known us by then. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's fair. Okay, we went to Ohio State. God uh, damn it, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I graduated in 2017. I didn't graduate. I just left. No, I graduated 2015. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I saw your face. I was like, I sold him. I sold him on it. Yeah, you did a little bit. I was like, but I remember. You're such a good actor, you know. Theater score does go up. Yeah, I because uh, you were you were purely acting. Wait, you wait. Were you actually a theater major, or were you history? Mm-hmm. Like I was theater major and a history minor. There we go. I was a double major for a while, and then I dropped the second major because I was like, "Oh, if I continue this, then um, I'm not going to give theater a real shot." And so, um, very much, very much on brand for me on how I act. I was like, so yeah, I was like, if I can, if I do the double major or the two degrees, I'm not going to give theater a real shot. I'm going to stay in the safety net. Now let the theater world close behind me. So I eliminated the second major. And I was like, you got to do this. Otherwise, you're going to be homeless and nothing will go out for you. So I had to scare myself into working hard, which is a life procrastinator. Like you get scared by deadlines, makes you do it. I got scared by the idea of not having a future. Had to do it. But um, granted, probably closed. And I'm working. But I am applying to grad schools for theater. So it still works. I, the, the, it did killing that second major did work fair enough stop, stop, yeah stop. I did I did my time I'm probably never you going were in jail <laughs> I I sort of think is there's a there's a huge difference between high school and college that I didn't anticipate I was considered very gifted in high school I feel like I breezed through high school with ease you know I was able to do a lot of extracurricular activities and still maintain very high grades I uh, was able to get in Ohio State, even though I was from a, you know, um, I guess I'll say not so well community. Um, it's really not the hood, although some people in the hood think it's the hood, but it's really not. Um, 
but then got to college and realized I didn't have any good study habits? Question mark. Yeah, not really. Same. That, but also, I had a lot of major traumatic events happen yes. in my first semester that made it a lot more difficult. On top I was of lazy. To, I was lazy. You had you had real stuff. Yeah, my first semester was kind of rough. On top of, and this still feels weird to say, the fact that I was a cheerleader for OSU. OSU cheerleader, cash. It, it just, so how does it, it flex, It feels weird because it's like people have this kind of idea or expectation of who you are and who you should be. Um, you know, because you, you were a Division One athlete, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's like, well, my story about that is a little different, but we will get to that in a different episode. Let's, I played football in college. Let's, like, you, you, okay. People, pe- uh, I'm going to say this, people paid tickets, paid for tickets to come watch me play football. That's why I'll leave it at that. That is, that is true. That is true. It was a shitty play, but it was true. And I was the best football player on that team. Good hits. play with this. Oh! <laughs> Damn it. I'm one of the ones who paid. No, I didn't. That was a major. I, didn't yeah, I was like, bro, you, why would you pay? That no. means you went more than once, dude. No, no, no. You think, even for shows I went to more than once, I still never paid for tickets. I worked in the ticket office, bro. That's fair. That's fair. My senior year, I didn't pay for anything. I didn't. I don't think I ever paid for a show at Ohio State. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Nope. Not once. Oh, not wow. even a little bit. Somebody <laughs> just likes me on hinges. She's like a baddie. Oh, oh. I'm not muted. <laughs> um, so back to theater. Aaliyah, if you're listening. <laughs> back to theater. We're moving on. So... I should have done that. Oh, she should have done that last episode. It would have been great. What was, for you, Dakota, was there a pivotal or like, yeah, pivotal pivotal or important show and or performance specifically for you in your collegiate career? I would say, honestly, all three. All three of the shows I was in were pretty important in their own way. Because like uh, when I auditioned for Good Kids, that was my freshman year, and like so, so when I came when I went to Ohio State, I was originally for mechanical engineering because I thought that'd be like you know be a good job. That's the only reason I applied for it. I hated math in high school. I made sure even though I could have, I did not go into the hard classes because I didn't want to work that hard in it. I preferred history and English, what I like better. That's what I'm good at. Um, and then and I was like, I just knew like you know everyone's like engineers and doctors and lawyers. Like that's the benefit of having like the Filipino side of my family. It's like that's those are the big three. It's like you that were like being in nursing, so like best doctors. Um, so that's like what all I knew of what I was supposed to do. But I was like, I do like theater, um, but I didn't really do that much in high school. And then my senior year of high school, I ended up dating the stage manager, um, and so I got helped out like the one act. And I was like, Oh, I do miss this. I did a lot as a kid. And then when I got to college, I took, uh, intro to theater. And I auditioned for good kids. Right. And then getting into that, like beating out, like being told later that I beat out some other people for it. that were like in the major was like, I was like, Oh wow, I can do this. Um, like for that, like simple role. Um, I was like, Oh, I'm actually not bad at this. And then realizing like, it was like fun. And then I was really in it and they could like talk to me like how, well, um, so that was awesome. So like, that was helpful. 
And then dog act, I think it was the most fun I've ever had with a character. Like if there was like a dog act two electric boogaloo where I was just like Coke <laughs> and it's like mine, like Coke and Bud's adventures, that'd been so much fun. And like, I wish, and I wish I wasn't so nervous when I took on that role. Cause I feel like now like, I have a better understanding what that role was supposed to be. I would have, I could have gone a lot farther than I was like in that role. I was still reserved. Like I was still like, Oh, I don't want to look stupid. Um, but now realizing like how much fun it was and how wilder I could have and should have gone with it. I would love to do that again. But like, it, mm, it was so much fun. Like that was the most fun I've had in a role, even though it was only like three scenes, but it was so, so much fun. And then Michael Vaughn, when I was a lead, um, I was like, damn, like, I can really do this. Like I definitely have a lot to work on, but I can do it. Like again, like, you know, beating people with that, like, you know, like the same age as me or whatever, going to other things. And there was my, like that show was like the best show of the semester. Um, because the other big show had some internal issues that people know about. <laughs> so, uh, Do shit. I know? I don't know if you know, but anyone who went to the theater program that saw that show knows. Um, I expect an essay texted to me after this. Oh, I didn't know. oh yeah. I'm not going to say this on there. Okay. Until maybe it's a season two of the podcast. We'll see. <laughs> Once we cleared it up. Uh, nothing wrong with the production team like or anything like that. There's just like a lot of new people involved in the show. And then um, stuff happening. But not my show, though. My show went great. Uh, I just had, and I had a lot of fun with that show. And like I think that show definitely made me nervous. Like, I was, like because of being like a lead, I was like, damn. Like I'm like, I was a senior in the lead. And I was like, a little bit of imposter syndrome. I was like, what am I doing up here? But it was a lot of fun, and it was nice having that responsibility. So I'd say I think I have to say good kids is probably the most important. Because if I wouldn't have gotten to good kids, there's a very real, there's a very real chance I would have applied for CU Boulder and transferred back to be with my friends. Because if I wasn't good kids, I wouldn't have met any of you. So I wouldn't have met you because I wouldn't have met Constance and Jazz. So yeah, so good kids is probably the. In terms of where my life is now, Good Kids is the most important. I think I could have still gotten here without Dog Act and Michael Fawn, because I've still done lab series stuff, but without Good Kids, nothing would have happened. Like, I auditioned for Good Kids, not gotten in. I was like, well, that was fun, and then left Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So, I so would say yeah, I don't get the same friends I did. One of my personal biggest regrets from my collegiate career is that we never got to perform together. <laughs> Yeah, we really didn't. Like, we always got to see each other perform. Even Lapsu was never in the same show. No. We never... Damn, like, that's true. And like I have shared a stage with every other person in our friend group other than you. Damn, we got to make it happen. Yeah, because... <laughs> I, so, like, for you, Good Kids was... Oh, I guess we our first show was the same semester because my first show was standing on ceremony. The game. Yeah. Marriage. Yeah. Um, so I didn't do shows my first two years, uh, my freshman year, like I said, I was a cheerleader for the university and was pretty much convinced by one of my teammates that I would not have time to do both theater and cheerleading. Um, so if I needed to make a commitment, I needed to make a commitment to cheering and then had some issues with medical clearance with my diabetes and all this stuff. So it just, became a hot mess yeah um sophomore year 
Um, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll say this on the air. Mom, dad, if you listen to this, I'm sorry that I never told you this. I was on ac- academic probation for at the end of my sp- uh, spring semester, my freshman year. So I used my sophomore year to get myself out of that hole, basically. Um, Did your parents not know you're in academic probation? No. No. Uh, mom and dad, I didn't know he was either. So you can't get mad at me, Chorsi's mom and dad, because I know you love me and I'm very fun. I didn't know either. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't know. I can't lie to you. He told me before. <laughs> still love you. <laughs> Let's see. We still graduated. We got the degree, but. We'll, we'll get in a mental health in a different episode because a lot of that ties into that decision. Um, but actually, it was because of like trying to get my mental health back on track. And when I talked to a specific professor at Ohio State who convinced me to audition for shows. So I auditioned. And, you know, the way auditions work uh, at Ohio State is you, you kind of audition for all of your shows at the same time. So all of the directors of all of the shows for that semester are in the room and you present your piece uh, in front of all of them. And then from my understanding, the way they cast is all the actors of that specific like semester audition are kind of like trading cards or playing cards. Um, So they as a team kind of set all of their casting decisions together and they kind of make trade-offs. It's like, okay, well, I will give you X person, but in return, I would need yada yada. Very, very much sports trade deadlines in off-season. The way, and I mean, there's one production every semester that's kind of independent of that because it runs as a class during like class hours. Oh, yeah. uh, but the other three, the main stage shows, you know, like you could do that one independent show and then one of the three main stage. But there was really no way for you to do multiple main stage shows. And uh, so they, that's how they did it. They kind of had to trade you and bounce you around. And it was interesting in college because I always felt like I was not in our friend group. Because I wasn't in the show our friend group was working on. And really, it was two major ones, and it was Good Kids, and it was Heather's. Uh, I didn't really feel like I was in the friend group during Heather's because I was in RTC, and that was depressing to hang out with people. So that's interesting. But I also only kind of knew you during Good Kids. It was, and I think, like, like hearing all the stories and rehearsals and, like, everyone talking about how excited they were about the show and getting to see all of, like, my close friends like getting to work with each other so much. And I was always so jealous because I was never in the same main stage show uh, because like mm-hmm. I said, I did standing on ceremony. Then the next semester I didn't act in any shows, but I stage managed a midsummer night's dream to tour, which uh-huh. took up all of my time to be honest. Yeah. The following semester we did one man, two governors, which even though the city loved that production, I truly hated doing. And then Seven Ways to Say I Love You was the opener and was followed by Heather's. I love Seven Ways. Seven Ways was so good. Seven Ways was a trip of a show. It is basically a collegiate version of Almost Maine. And I love the script. I love the cast. I love my director. There's nothing wrong with the show itself. I hate the 
effects that I saw because of that show. It's a good show about love and people were in relationships where they didn't love other people. This is a good follow-up to our last episode. <laughs> and I saw a lot of breakups and, and heartbreak because of that show. Um, <laughs> I had a fight with my ex in, an hour before we left to see the show. No. I was... We were still really not talking when we walked through the doors. Yeah, there that was, was funny. Yeah, that what? show. And the worst part was it was around Valentine's Day. I remember the show was it was February. Because she was visiting for Valentine's Day. It was great. And there were not a lot of happy couples after that show, to be honest. And it was a very good show. It was a very good show. But it kind of exposed. I was like, like the obviously in the audience perspective, I'm not trying not to cut you off. It was like seeing the happy moments of like that were in the play and like those elements like wow I hate this bitch <laughs> and then we dated for like eight more months so yep yep eight cause that show was also when I met one of my exes yeah it was during that show that I started talking to one of my exes they didn't come though, did he? He's like, no, I didn't think so. No, no, I was, no, saying, I was no, like, no. there's no way. No, no, no. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I invited him. Just fair. because because then he broke up with me on my birthday. Oh, because I was choreographing uh, Beauty and the Beast at a high school. Mm. And he broke up with me on my birthday because I went to rehearsal and broke down crying because I had explained to the director that my boyfriend had just broken up with me. Yeah. Oh man. What a trick. So cool. Anyway, um, for me, I mm, all of those shows were so very different. Because standing on ceremony was raw theater, so there was no actual stage. It was a promenade style production where we went all throughout our theater building and even outside a little bit, and then it celebrated with the wedding at the end, which Mm -hmm. is. Probably one of the most touching moments in my career. So cute. I I loved. What is it? Was it Juan and Pablo at the altar of love, something like that? And then being able to do the reception afterwards, and having the immersive ensemble like do like their little speeches for the two husbands, and the one performance that my parents went to. Uh, they ran out of glass. <laughs> I love this story. I love this story. They they ran out of glasses somehow, so neither of the grooms got a glass for the toast for us. And so my father walks up and uh, gives me his and mom's glass so that me and my husband can toast. And it is the sweetest thing to have my dad and my parents like share in that moment completely unscripted and something that was already unscripted. It feels so real. It makes me emotional even just thinking about it. Like it was just such a sweet, genuine moment. I I love loved that moment, and especially for a show that I was kind of nervous doing uh, because this was before uh, gay marriage was even legalized. So we were having conversations yeah. about, yeah, you know, if uh, protesters come, you know, what what can we do? What should we do? That's a show go on. 
it also has one of my more hilarious moments, my poor grandmother. So one of the things about Strange Fruit. (laughs) Before we get to this, I just want to say, like, mad kudos to your dad for, like, that in the moment thinking to bring up his and your mom's glasses. Like, that's one, like, incredible improv skills to do that. But on top of the fact that it's so sweet and so, and if I was, if we were friends that we were now in that moment and I was there for that night, I'd have, I'd have cried before you did. <laughs> I would have cried before you did. If like Dakota, you came like, no, it's, it's so not, supposed to, not supposed to happen. It's real bad. Like, I'd be sobbing, disgusting, loud. But yeah, so mad props. Choice dad, you have a, you have an acting future. Of course, where do you think I get it from? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so strange fruit. Let's talk about this, right? <laughs> this is the scene that's downstairs in uh, the harbor room, right? I think it's what it's called. And you know, yeah, it's right next to all the fucking club crew boats. Yeah. So everyone is. Oh, is that is that why it's named that? Yeah, that's why it's named that short scene. Who? Okay, so. <laughs> Um, you know, the way it works is like everyone's in a circle for this specific scene. So there's a circle of lights and my partner is in the center of the room in the circle of lights. And then the audience is in a circle outside of the lights. And there's one empty space for me so that I can enter and exit, uh, into the acting space. And the way, you know, we did the scene was I, I come in, I'm in this nice suit and I kind of just take some time to analyze my partner, analyze audience, yada, yada. And then the opening line is something that will catch someone off guard. Say it. And so, well, I have to, I have to explain the fact that my parents and my grandmother came to this performance. And my stage manager was so kind as to put my family right near, like right next to my entry point. And so... uh <laughs> <laughs> my opening line in the scene is I love cock and mind you I, I've been out for quite a while it's something my, my family and my friends have known um, but it still can be a little bit of a jarring statement to make so I, I go out I say the line and my poor grandmother makes a sound that kind of makes it seem like a dog's tail has been stepped on like a, a yelp, I guess is the best way to describe it. And uh, yeah, I felt so bad because I will never forget that moment ever in my life. <laughs> I, to be fair, it's the stage manager's fault because she was the one who it put, is. She put she put it right there. She was looking for that reaction. That was her fault. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, so yeah, standing on ceremony, very, very awesome, healthy show for me to do. Uh, seven ways to say I love you. Really powerful show for everyone who saw it. For me, it was just nice and lighthearted because I wasn't. I wish I was in that show. I wish I was in that show so bad with you. I, that was a show I really wanted to be in that semester. I didn't get a call back to the shitty audition. But. Really interesting. Yeah, because like in the, I got like uh, kind of crucified by Kevin in the, the audition feedback. 
because he was like, if I remember correctly, so I'm like, yeah, like when I'd like seen you in Good Kids and I like, you were one of the first people I thought of like for this show and then you came in, I was just very like underwhelmed. And I was like, bro, just punch me in the mouth. Oh, no. It's like, and like, like a little bit more, it was very constructive feedback. It was, it definitely exposed me. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'd love to be anywhere else but here right now for this. Thank you. Man, it's pretty I, sad that if it's that better, I could have been in the show with you. I went to my audition feedback for One Man, Two Governors, and um, which I wonder if this if this at minutes is what changed my director's viewpoint of me. Uh, because I went to them and told them that I truly just made up my monologue in my audition because I forgot it. I blanked. And so I just started rambling. Like, it was a... It was about, like, why would I fly halfway across the country in order to try and find the girl of my dreams and if I didn't truly love you. But I forgot. Like, I knew what the purpose of it was and the events that happened, but I couldn't remember the exact wording. So I just made it up. And I I switched some things, made some shit up, and uh, still got the part. (laughs) That's fucking... That's even better. (laughs) Um, kudos. But I told the directors that afterwards, and director of my show, uh, Shalarna, was like, I didn't even catch it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's acted for you. You didn't cast me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then, you know, we had the worst fucking experience ever with that show. Yeah. That I, you know what, let's talk about this. Let's, I was going to say, like, let's talk let's, about it, George. Let's so talk you about You should get some things about that. So, here's, yeah. One Man, Two Governors is a, a brilliant show. Commedia dell'arte, right? Is that the term? I don't speak Italian. I don't know. It's a it's a very high energy comedy of the arts, comedic, fun British show. Um, Corden Blue? No, nope. That's just yep, yep. It's Cor- it's Corbin Blue. <laughs> Corbin Blue wrote it. You are James Corden played the star off uh, at like the the British London production of it. Yeah, he he played the lead. You confused James Corden with Corbin Blue. With Corbin Blue. Yeah, push famous it, for push it. <laughs> famous for high school musical and jump in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um very popular show and I got cast in it. And I will say I admit it since the very beginning. One of my weaker points as an actor is accents. It always <laughs> has been. It, and so I remember for this production, I specifically signed up to take accents and dialects uh, to try and improve on it because I needed it for the production. And the production was in November. Um, I actually think it was around, so it would have been around this time about three years ago, I think, actually. Two years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago. Because you graduated 17? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it would have been four years ago then. For a woman? Yeah, because, wait. Oh, 16, right? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yep, it would have been four years ago. Um, So I've always struggled with accents. And I was taking the Accents and Dialects class. I was getting mandatory extra accent work um, after our rehearsals trying so hard to get it down and it 
it still just wasn't clicking. Like I was picking up some parts, mm-hmm. but it just was not clicking for me. And there was a day our director sat me and a couple different actors down in separate meetings and basically just shitted on us and made us feel like the worst human beings and that we were not dedicated to to the production, that we didn't care and our lack of effort shows. Jesus Christ. And like, I remember me and another actor, like after it happened, we were sitting at the waiting area, just crying because she just made us feel so low. And it wasn't that we weren't trying, but not everyone can naturally pick up accents like that. And what yeah, really frustrates like, me, me personally, is because, so I wasn't going to audition for the show. The director oh, asked me to audition. Oh, I lost you for a second. Can you say that again? I said I wasn't going to audition for the show because the director, but the director asked me to do it because she said she selected the show with me in mind because she felt like there was a good part for me. Mm. Right, she said one of the major reasons why she selected the show is because she saw me working in it. And I wanted to do her justice in a production. I really did. And I did everything I could to the best of my ability, but the accent just wasn't my strong suit. Mm -hmm. And even in the review of of the production, like, there there's really no bad words about the production. I mean, we ended up getting one of the top 10 productions in Columbus of the year. So like, clearly it wasn't that bad, but still just the way she spoke to us and just the way she made us feel just, uh, I don't, I just, I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. I did not like that. And for the rest of that production, like for the rest of those rehearsals and that performance, it was just like, well, I'm doing this. I don't really want to be here, you know? And mind you, there were a couple of cast members who were still able to keep a very positive mentality. But the majority of us hated being there. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Very strong, like, uh, end-of-year evaluations about both of our directors and how much we hated, how we were being treated. Uh, we actually ended up having a meeting with our production manager about that production. I remember you, like, venting to us about this. This was, like, it was a crazy, like, yeah, I think it was the, besides, like, interpersonal drama, it's the most drama I've heard between, like, a director who's supposed to be a teacher as well and the cast in terms of, like, shitty behavior on their part. And it it sucked that the response we got back was, well, you're actors, so you just need to, like, deal with it. And it was like, well, no, because we just won't do this fucking show. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, it might be a part of our grade, we still deserve to be treated with respect and with kindness. And I think that that was the major part that was missing from that conversation that I will never forget. Right? Because the idea was, oh, it's just a bunch of actors. You need to suck it up. But it's like, n- no. When the majority of your cast steps forward and says, we are being mistreated, you need to listen to that ensemble instead of just dismissing them. Yeah, for real. 
because I remember those conversations in group me of like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here anymore. Like this is, I, I feel bad. I feel bad every single time I come into rehearsal. I feel like I'm going to yell at. I have anxiety about going to rehearsal because I'm going to get yelled at. That's not a way to live. Like that's not why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for it to be college theater where it's supposed to be a learning experience. It's not, it's just, mm, no. Yeah, I get you. And I was surprised that I ended up doing another show afterwards. To be fair, I love my director after it. Like, I... For some ways? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm so sad I wasn't able to work with Kevin. And the one opportunity I had to, he shit on me in the, the feedback. <laughs> I was going to take a class with him, which is great. But. Well, to be fair, the one director I wanted to do a show with, I never got to. Mandy? Because yeah. I never got... And uh, see, the thing is, I didn't, I didn't think I would be excited for the callback for Miss Fleming until I saw my name on the callback for Miss Fleming. Oh yeah, they were gonna make it like, and then I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do it. I, 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 I will happily do it. Um, but I'm still very happy and still very grateful for the shows that I've done and mm-hmm. like the experiences that I've gotten from the majority of them. I will not say I'm grateful for one man. I will not. Um, even today, like I was looking through some of the pictures, some of the production photos of it. And I'm glad because I think it was four years ago because it was election time because we specifically wanted to do a comedy oh, show yeah. for the election. Yeah. I do remember this now. Yeah. Um, Damn. Yeah. So how well that turned out. Um, <laughs> and we, I just, if I could delete one man, I probably would. It's the one in my career that technically has the most awards. If that's what you want to count it. Mm. And I'm glad that everyone who got the CD production had such a great time with it and found it to be funny and hilarious. I just wish that people who were coming to see it knew how miserable the people on stage actually were. It's I would say it was... I was going to say, it's very interesting seeing the show and how how well-rounded it seemed, knowing all the drama. It was a different... It was different watching a show and seeing how good it turned out to be, knowing how much the actors did not want to be there. That was an interesting perspective. Yeah, I've never done a show where I haven't wanted to be there. Yeah. And so... I mean, everything about that from like being told we had to, because I would say the one thing about this department that confuses me, why did, did we continue to make people who couldn't sing, sing? They really, they really wanted all their shows to have some sort of music in it. Okay. But not everybody can sing. Not everybody can sing. We had to sing in uh, I had to sing for one song in, uh, in Michael Vaughn when they did that go, uh, which was really fun. It was really cool. But, um, I was like, I like singing. I'm not a singer. I know that. I'm never going to be in a musical. I know that. I do like singing, but I was like, okay. It was very fun. I would say I really like Michael Vaughn. But I was like, although for uh, Standing Up Family, when we had 
we had people from the music department play for my wedding. So we didn't sing. We just had people from the music department who actually did like string quartet. That was gorgeous. Like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now that was great. There was no singing in that one, but Seven, seven Ways to Say I Love You, every transition we sang. At yeah. least everyone in that circle, because it was like six of us, it was small, and everyone could at least carry a tune. Yeah. So, like, true. that was fine. One man, no. And I think there were some people who were delusional who thought they could sing, who really couldn't. Yeah, that's but fair. That was also the show I had to play the spoons. Because, like, we also had to play the band. Oh, yeah. So we had to, like, improv a piece, and I had to play the spoons for a solo, and because, yeah, we weren't just the actors. We were also the band um, playing all these weird, wacky instruments. And at one point, one of our cast members became the music director. And then she went to them and was like, well, I'm not a music director. That's not why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, yeah, it was just it was a very, very interesting experience. And I don't look back on that with fondness. I look back on seven ways and standing on ceremony with fondness, but that one, to be fair, I don't know what show I've done at semester. Cause I think that was one man, two governors. Was that, Ooh, what was that would have been a tour, right? Bro, I don't know. I've blocked out so many <laughs> things, but Switching gears a little bit. What would you say is your favorite show? Maybe not favorite show you've been in, but like your favorite show of all time. Mm. Just, just any show? Ooh. Any show. And it could also be like, actually, this is two questions. Okay. What is your favorite show? And then what is one show you wish you could be in? So like those might be the same, but they also might be different. I feel like they're probably going to be different. Um... Favorite show just overall. Who I haven't thought about this for quite if a you while. You don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like for a while it was Tuck Everlasting. I feel like okay. after I saw it, like it was my first Broadway show. Yeah. Once yeah. I had seen it and then being able to do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the impact it had at the time I did the show and kind of that healing process and the people I got to meet because of it was very important for me. Um, and the music and the storyline itself of if you could live forever, would you? It's so a very poignant Fuck no. question. Um, Barely going to be alive now. <laughs> so I think I would say Tuck Everlasting is pretty high up there. Uh, I absolutely love, love, love Mean Girls. Mm. And I know it's a very stereotypical game. Would you be Damien? No. Oh. Damien's mm. boring. He's just a gay think? guy. I don't want to just yeah, play that's a true. gay guy. And it's very, it's very much the truth. Like, it's not, that's not exciting or entertaining for me. Who would you be? I want to be fucking Regina. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah that's fair. <laughs> like, I want to sing World Burn, and I, like, I, oh, man. 
But I will say, I say the show that I think I would want to be in more than anything else. <laughs> Actually, more than anything else, I would love to do a gender swap Heathers. Heat. We've come up with this. We've talked about this. <laughs> I. Oh yeah, we've talked about this in the when we would do Scrooge yeah. and just be saying whatever over the mic. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to do a gender swap Heather's. I, I think uh, I think that'd be tremendous. I'm gonna answer mine before we go into our backstage antics. Oh. I was gonna say my favorite show of all time because I know that's gonna be a big conversation. So I want to make sure I hit this before for our audience in case they give a shit um, before we go to this conversation because we've had so much fun over headsets. Um, I want to I want to talk so much right now about that and skip this. But I'm gonna say it. I'd say my favorite show is definitely Fan of the Opera. Okay. Um, I got to see it when it came on tour to Columbus. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what year. People can look it up. It's recently, and I'm not going to think about what year it was. I don't want to do math. But um, that was one of the first shows I ever saw. So my parents had like, a DVD of it, and I loved it. I love. I really love ensemble like musicals. My favorite part of any musical that's a big ensemble is it's usually the second or third chorus when the tempo changes a little bit and it's and it just sounds like it's bigger and for me my favorite musical moment is in masquerade and it's the second or third chorus when they slow down and like in the movie it's when they're going down the steps and it's slower and it's just and they Ah, it's so good. I love it. Like I'm feeling it's like the just the music and the music comes back in. It speeds back up, and it's so good. It's my favorite. And it happens in like almost every big musical. That's a big ensemble, and it is always my favorite because it's like it's that key change, tempo change, and then the music slows up and it goes back to normal. It's my favorite part. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite part. Always, 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 always. If you have a big ensemble show, that's gonna be my favorite part. Um, oh, I love it. But if I could be in any show, it'd be the play that goes wrong. Um, oh man! Absolutely fucking hilarious show. I I one I think I could I could do well in it. Um, but it's just it's so good it's so funny. I'd love to be in that show. But now <laughs> we're moving on from that onto our antics that you and I have had. So we've never been in a show together. We did mention that earlier, but we worked on a show together. We did. So I stage managed uh, a, a Christmas, Christmas Carol musical, like rewrite by Bill. Mm-hmm. So William Goldsmith, like, absolutely fantastic Columbus uh, director and former executive director, artist director, head honcho. Artistic, 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 artistic. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. So I, it was a five week run. We started the, we started performances the day after Thanksgiving and nothing ran until the day before Christmas Eve. Four, three week run. Four or three weeks. It wasn't five weeks. No. Because that was the whole claim to fame was that it was the longest run CCT had ever had. It was five week run. Yada, yada, I don't know. Anyways, like 34, 33 performances. 35. Damn. 35. I was stage manager. That's my job to know it. I was ASM. I didn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I came in right for a tax. Doesn't matter. I was the PSM. Dakota was my 
uh, ASM because I really needed an assistant stage manager, and he was interested in learning more about the craft. And there Which was, was really- very interesting because they wanted to be come in during Tech Week, and I was like, can I at least come in two days before that so I know the fucking show before you throw me to Tech? That's what I said verbatim. No, it's not. It is not. Because <laughs> mostly not. he, it was all sent through me anyway, so I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, well, if, it was, my, if it was through you, it might have been verbatim. <laughs> Let's be real. Not professionally. That's when I was still using my full title and all that. Yeah, absolutely not. Um. So yeah, he was my ASM, and uh, we. So the first, <laughs> I don't know which story to start with. I'll start with. Oh, they're also good. I can't believe we waited until this long to get into our uh, screw chain. We talked a lot about, you had a lot of venting about one man, two cover, which is fair. I could tell that you need to get some stuff off your chest. But this is where the, this is where the antics of our theater gets in. Uh, we, <laughs> oh boy, we might have to get in trouble about this. There was one performance. Georgia um, fell asleep. So I had been dating a new man, and um, what is his name? Like Philip? What? Paul? Give me a fake name. Joey. Why am I on peas? Why was I in the peas? Joey. Joey. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was dating Joey. Um, because it was someone I had dated previously, and I didn't want my friends to know. Uh, so I used his middle name, but kind of changed it and but, told him that I was dating someone named Joey. To be and, fair, he only told me, and I remember like Jasmine, like got like mad and like, oh, why didn't you like say anything? And I was like, I don't know who Joey is. And then she was like, well, why didn't you say like he was talking to somebody? I was like, I forgot the name he told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm great at keeping secrets because I often don't remember what I'm told. If you bring it back up to me, we can talk about it. But I often forget to tell other, even if I have the intent of spoiling a secret, I will forget about it. Okay. Anyway. I'm like a black hole of information. So there is a performance where I think it is the 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 Cratchits? No. Is that their name? Yeah. The Cratchit family? Yeah. Are having dinner. Uh and it's like upstage right. Uh, so like, you know, all the light is just in that little area with their dining table and it, it's the three kids and the parents sitting talking and all that. Well, then there is a nearest core, uh, there's a chorus narration <laughs> after that. Norris narration. <laughs> there's a Norris narration that all happens <laughs> on stage in the back. And, um, your boy had stayed up till about five in the morning talking with his new little friend. Um, I'd actually stay the night. Show. This was like a 1 p.m. show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd had a, what, 10 a.m., 11 a.m.? We had a 10 a.m. And then we were doing the noon. Yeah, something like that. And um, your boy hadn't had a lot of sleep. Like I said, stayed up, got himself a little friend. So we were, um, we were struggling to stay awake. And I closed my eyes for... What I thought was about 10 seconds, and I thought I was still conscious. And what woke me up wasn't my assistant stage manager telling me to hit the cue, but hearing all of my cast, which is like 30 plus people, all in unison speaking their lines in the dark. (laughs) Because I truly had not hit the next cue. 
to bring up their light. And there was no one to tell me. Next, like, three cues or whatever it was. I um, um, I woke up panicked, flipping through my script, trying to figure out what cue I needed to be on. And then I remember, like, why did you not wake me up? And your response was, you, you needed to sleep. You <laughs> needed to sleep. Um, I would like to say a couple things in my mm-hmm. defense. Okay. First off... I'm a very good friend and Chorsey got his rest that he needed. And I knew he needed. <laughs> and I think that should not go unnoticed. <laughs> I think, I think I should be appreciated for what I did for you. Um, and uh, we still got paid and nobody died. So that's really, you know what? We're good. It's okay. Second point. I am also backstage in the dark. I can't really tell. And because of, like, the set and the curtains, I can't really tell that much when um, lights change. Should I notice a little bit? Yes, because, like, the polka part would be, like, purplish, purple and pinks for that little, like, um, their little dance um, with little family with young Scrooge when they have. I can't remember the names of it. Uh, so I knew, I know, yes, there is a color difference. But most of the time when we're on a headset, you don't, like, you would do the cues to me sometimes, like, for practice, like, in case, like, someone else do it. But he didn't do it all the time. And when he did do it, I knew it didn't affect me because I didn't listen. And I was only there for fog. I know there was not a fog part coming up. And uh, nobody's back here. So I don't have anything to do right now. So I was, admittedly, not paying as much attention as I should have been. But I did. I was like, wow. Chorsey's been quiet. Very suspicious amount of long amount of time but to be fair this was like <laughs> we were the we were in the double digits in terms of shows at that point uh-huh. this was like this is the second or third week of the run mm-hmm. so we were in double digits so i was like you know towards and i like there's only so many times we see the same jokes over and over this is the second show of the day you know it's early afternoon i'm also tired um maybe mature's not feeling tired you know what it is what it is and so I was, I was on my phone. I'm going to be real. I was on my phone. In fact, I was, I was probably on Twitter, but, but I had nothing to do. To be fair, I had nothing to do. Everyone was on stage. So I got, I got everyone to their places and I got everyone where they needed to be with his little hiccups on my end. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't know. That's a different forest, right? I didn't, I didn't know that as ASM, most of the alarm clock, for the stage manager. I don't know. That was a part of our responsibility. I don't remember reading in the contract. I know. I didn't read the contract. It could have been in there. But, uh, <laughs> like, let's be real. I did not read that. It's like terms and conditions. Like, where do I sign? Bah, there. Whatever. I don't care. I'll be my firstborn son. I'm not having kids. It's fine. Loophole. Um, oh, man. So, so, honestly, I was doing what I normally do. And then I just hear... Oh fuck! And I'm like, what? You're like, I was asleep, but I was like, oh yeah, I, knew, I definitely knew that. <laughs> but I, I didn't know he. I did. The part of me was like, yeah, this bitch fell asleep. <laughs> and they said, why didn't you wake me up? And I was like, well, when you picked me up this morning, you said you'd be up till five, so I figured you need your sleep. So and that is, is everyone nice. okay? <laughs> is everyone? Did did anyone get hurt? No. Did the audience know? Yeah. No, no, unless yeah. they had been there before. 
Yeah. They probably had to his families. <laughs> did the show go on? Did the show go on, Chorsey? Huh? Yes? They were good. The, is, the show is done the same way every year with this company. And I think if you go to the same show at the same company every year, you're a weirdo. So maybe they thought it was a remix version. Oh my god. We did remix the songs. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk so, about what you told me to tell Christian. No, no, no. We got to do that. No, no. We got to do that first for attacking <laughs> me. Chorsey, uh, <laughs> <Trusty>, go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to say this. Uh, one is theater, so it's white. It's children's theater, so it's whiter. And it's Columbus children's theater. So it's very, it's very pale audience and very pale um, cast. Uh, except for one, one kid. He's a very good, great actor, Christian. He's got a, he's got a bright future in front of him. Um, only person that wasn't white in the, in the whole cast. And Chorsey, tell me what you told me to tell him one day. Wait, was he, was he really the only not white? Who, who else could it have been? I thought one of the other younger kids. No. no. I, I might be thinking Annie. You're probably thinking Annie. No one in Scrooge. Man. Okay. Was, it was you and Christian were the only people that were not white. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Also, um, on the note, before we get to that note, once when I was resetting between a uh, between shows, so I'm backstage putting things back ready to go, Charlie's out being a good stage, stage manager, like saying bye to the audience. And over the headset, I hear in his voice, he goes, Hey, Dakota. And, you know, I'm putting these facts. I'm like, what's up, Taurus? <laughs> and he says, whole lot of honkies in here. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said earlier, I was like, yes, Taurusy. After I was in laughing, I was like, yes, Taurusy. It's Columbus Children's <laughs> Theater. Oh, oh, my God. Who, <laughs> who else would have come to this? The only people in here that are that came to this are the family members of the cast who are ninety nine percent white. <gasps> it was so funny. Anytime I'm around white people I think it. <laughs> and, and I was like and I was like in it. I was like trying to get everything set ready. So I thought George had a genuine concern. So I was like listening with it, like, you know, not like ignoring my responsibilities and let my stage vendors just leave. I was like listening with intent, and it's here. A lot of honkies in here. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. Who else was gonna come in here? Anyone else that was in here is lost. If they're not ready to be a Christian. They're lost. Uh, that's a joke I got from Family Guy. I'm pretty sure when Peter is like. <laughs> <laughs> when Peter's like pretending to be black I think one of the episodes he's pretending to be black and he walks into I think it's a bar and just goes awful lot of honkies <laughs> honestly that's me now that I'm in Nork and like cause I'm often the only white dude around and so if I see like a place a lot of white I'm like what are you guys doing here and then me I'm like what am I doing here like I look like them oh okay so Christian Christian, tell us about Christian, Chorsey. So, like you said, Christian was the only person of color in my cast. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> during a five-week run of a show, sometimes you, you let your guard down a little bit. And uh, You said this I, for three. Like you said the last episode, 
sometimes I am my own target audience. And as <laughs> long as it makes me laugh, that that's what matters. And uh, yeah. this was definitely one of those moments. So <laughs> I radioed Dakota. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I need to grab Christian for me. This is the worst part. It's because I was like, oh, Choice is a, he played it very well. So I was like, this is a genuine concern. So I had to look, I had to hunt for, for Christian. I didn't yeah. look for him. And so I grabbed him. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, all right, I got him. What's up? And then I was like, so I need you to tell him that uh, we are going to recast him. And instead of playing whatever kid he was playing, something Cratchit, the adopted Cratchit. <laughs> he was uh there's no adopted crash in the show but based on yeah, casting it was, either mrs cratchit was getting around or or bob cratchit was like well bitch you're gonna deal with this i got my set piece and i'm keeping the baby and so i told him that we also we know this kid is staring at me i think i'm giving him real i think i'm gonna give him real notes and so he's right <laughs> next to me during the show during the during the show I'm also still making sure people in place are answering questions, and this kid is right next to me. Yeah. Thinking I want to give him, like, real, like, something important. <laughs> and so I was like, tell him that we are changing his role to, was it three or four? What number? Was it three? I think it was three. Um, yeah, but three. I said, like, we're going to demote him to Negro number three. <laughs> and, and I started laughing, and the worst part – I think what doesn't help is I didn't say chores. I'm not telling him that. He said nope. And I didn't say Christian. Never mind. I said Christian, go see Chorsey. <laughs> I fed him to the wolves. I was like, I, I think this is very funny, <laughs> and I'm not going to be the one to communicate this. I'm not going to say that to the kid and make him think like, wow, my ASM is racist. I'm like, you know what? I want this joke to continue. But I'm not going to say it. I'm like, so, go to this horse. So I said, like, you know what? Go see Chorsey. So now this kid is uh, now this probably scared a little yeah, bit. You just sent him to the principal's office. In the middle, again, in the middle of a show, not during like a, not during warm-ups or anything. I was like, in the middle of a show, I told you, go see the stage manager. To be told. He came into my booth and I told him. And he just started laughing. Falling out laughing in the middle of performance. It's like, that's it. It's all, it's all I had to say. <laughs> I think after that, though, then, then he got like really comfortable with this. He's like, oh, I think he realized then he's like, oh, I'm like one of the guys now. I think that's really helpful for Christian. Yeah. It's because then he was like, oh, I'm in with the stage manager and ASM. So I think, because I think for him personally, he was older. He was the oldest of the kids. But yes. because he wasn't a legal adult, he was still in the room with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so like trying to find that balance of like finding his, his kind of comfort zone with there. So I think yeah. it just made him feel, cause he had also, he had never worked with the company before. Um, I think he had done shows, but just not with us and, specifically. And he was the only non-white person there. He was the only person of color. Right. So but I didn't, I didn't think about like how important that would have been for him. To be like, oh, well, there's someone, there's someone of color that's in charge of this. Yeah. So I think, I think it probably, honestly, like including him on that joke, I think helped because he saw, because like everyone in the cast knew how like, close we were as friends. Because mm-hmm. like you introduced me, he's like, oh, it's one of my friends, like, we're going to the OSU. And 
he did theater with me. Like, that's how it's introduced. And then the cast quickly realized, like, how close we were as friends. Um, it's not like, oh, it's just one of my friends who knows of me, and he's trying to, like, get a leg up with the world. Like, this is, like, my best friend, and I'm going to go work with him. It's, like, my thing. So it was the perfect, it was the perfect learning experience for me. So like, I'm literally working on a show with my best friend. This is great. Um, so we want to help for questions. Like one, he's with the only other like black person in the cast, only other non white person in the cast. Um, and then he got included with a joke with the two people who really didn't talk to the cast that much. Like we did, like we made, we talked to them as much as we really needed to, except like some of the adults, but in terms of kids, I mean, there was too much to do. I mean, it was 30 yeah. plus of them to manage and we had to get this together. Yes. Yeah, so and there was much... a lot of moving pieces. There was food involved, a fog machine, light, sound, media, ASL interpreters for a couple performances. And yeah. I, it, yeah. Like there wasn't really a lot of time to like be buddy, buddy per se. And he like, was the only person we became buddy, buddy with. Except for, like, the older adults when they invite us to lunch or something. Yeah. But we were like, yeah, I'm going to get lunch And even not all of them were really our friends, because two they of them were kind of want to fight. Yeah, they're very, they're so annoying. And it's it's so interesting to me how one rude comment just, like, changed my mindset with them, but... Yeah. I... Scrooge was... Oh, wait. Talk about your fog machine story. I'm pretty good with the fog. I was like pretty reliable, but then our set, our artistic director and who directed the show, he decided to wait to the final two performances to record the show. Um, so if he would have recorded any of the previous 33, they're fine. He waited to, he waited until 34 and 35 to record. Those was ones he picked. When I was like, I'm getting my check tomorrow. To be I fair, we both made mistakes in both runs. Because I'll tell you about what I fucked up <laughs> afterwards. But it was... So this was the first... This was 34. So the first night he's recording. No, no, no. Okay, so I guess he recorded like... I think he recorded 33 and 35. Because he recorded on different days. So it was the first one I recorded. And... So part of my warm-up is, like, once I look at people on stage, I have to make, like, the porridge or whatever for Scrooge, um, which is actually just oatmeal. And I hate oatmeal, but we'll talk to that. We'll talk about that in a different story. Because it goes into, like, it's going to be funny shows about our lives. Um, for context, I hate oatmeal. That's all I'm going to say for now. But I did it for the show because the check's a check. Um, I'm a city girl. What can I say? And... <laughs> But as I was walking back from, like, making the oatmeal, I was, like, rushing to get something in place. I think I had to help an actor do a quick change. And I was getting in position to do that. And I had not put – I did not make the fog machine flush with the walk. It's a handheld fog machine. So when I use it, I'm kind of, like, wait, uh, wafting it back and forth to the open door to, like, like, fill it out and stuff. But when I had preset it, I didn't push it against the wall enough. So when I was uh, – when I was rushing back – I tripped over it very loudly. I don't think I said anything. I don't think I said anything. But uh, it was during a lull in the song. So you heard people sing. Then you heard... (laughs) Then me fall. I hit the ground. 
And I was like, Dorsey just tripped on the fog machine. <laughs> and then I put it back and I was like, this is the, and I, what first like I knew we were recording. It's like any other night, I wouldn't have done this. <laughs> the one night. And I'm very glad I caught myself because any other time I trip, it's like a shit or like a fuck. Like very, and wow. I am very, I'm very happy I did not yell that. I swear to this day, I did not hear this happen. I kicked the shit out of that fog machine. I just want to tell you about that. I've never hit something so, like, I've never hit anything harder in my life. I did not hear it, bro. Like, I, all right, well, I mean, I have you seen the video? Have you watched your video? No, I didn't watch that. I did that show 35 fucking times. I'm not watching that video. I think I, I, might, I, I don't even know where it is. If anything, we can watch it when I come see you in a few weeks. Oh, I don't have it. Mine's with my parents. I guess I never watched it. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, like, I, I, don't I, the video. I hit that thing as hard as like fucking a soccer player hits a penalty kick. Like I hit the shit out of that fog machine. And then I hit the fucking ground. <laughs> like I don't remember if I got my hands out in front of me. I think I did. It's been a few years. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I'm a very dramatic person. But I hit the shit out of that fog machine and I went down. Like, if I caught myself, it was luckily. Like, I I was falling. Oh, man. That was good. So then, actually, I think this was the same performance. Um, So I have, there is a scene with the Ghost of Christmas present, I think. Was it Ghost of Christmas present that leads into the Fezziwig dance? Fezziwigs. That was a family. Yeah, the Fezziwig uh, party. They sit on the bed, you know, the whirly dirly, remember? Yeah, I know the whirly dirly, isn't it? Because that's, that's... Oh, no, Dayton, I guess that's past. Is Dayton the ghost Christmas person? No, Dayton was, um... Same name. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mordecai. No. Maurice. No. Uh, Malvolio. <laughs> it's, not, why, it's not even an M. Morrissey. An M. It's not Morrissey. No. It's an M name. It is an M it's name. It's not an M. Yeah, it is. It is not. It is. I'm looking okay. right now. Hold on. Because he played... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I. Why are we It's an it? M. It's an M, It dude. is not an M. It's an M, I swear to God. It is oh, not Oh, yeah. An... Jacob Marley. Yeah, Jacob. Marley. <laughs> It's not an M. It's I was close with Morrissey. <laughs> yeah, he did play. He played Marley. And then... Oh, Who's man. The ghost, what does the Ghost of Christmas Past do? Wouldn't that be Ghost... No, yeah, that... The past... Is it the past where they go in a Fezziwig? Yeah, the past is Fezziwig. Is, then what is does the, the present do? The Cratchits. The Cratchits? Yeah, because that's when he goes to see Tiny Tim's little depressed, like, twisted ankle ass. He's interesting. He's like polio or something. I don't know what Tiny Tim has. Or is that when Tiny Tim is dead? No, that's Future. That's when Scrooge is dead, too. Okay. All right. Because Future is our little, like, um, Dementor boy who we had issues with. Remember with people, like, thinking he was being creepy backstage. What is it, Chris? Who was the ghost of... Who, who, who was, was our one? ghost of Christmas past? Past was uh, Bruce. 
So then that was the whirly dearly. Bruce was worth it. Who was the ghost? Of Christmas? Wait, but I thought Bruce was present. You just Wait, said he was Sumner past. Sumner was past. Or was Sumner present? Because Sumner was the other ghost. She talk? Yes. Maybe she was present. She was. What the fuck, dude? Because it, it was Sumner, it was Bruce, and then it was Will. Those were all three ghosts. Maybe she was past. Yeah, I think Sumner was passed because she pops out when Scrooge is eating. That's what starts everything. And then Bruce is present, which makes him eat the Cratchits. Yeah, we got it. We figured it out. But then, does that mean that Sumner led into the Fezziwick dance? Yes. But I thought the Whirly Durly happened for the Fezziwick thing. Anyway, the point of the anyway, story... we got paid. It doesn't matter if we know the show or not. The point of the story is when Bruce... Yeah, Bruce is definitely present because it was the whirly Durly where he sits on a bed and the bed is spun by the three apparitions from one corner of the stage to the other to, like, yeah. set the scene. And that same performance, when that was supposed to happen, there's supposed to be a sound cue and light swirling and like all this stuff. And so what you and saw, you it up. if you went to this performance was a bed starting to spin, then a bed stopping to spin, then light starting to spin. <laughs> and then some weird funnel sound happening for about three seconds. Then everything randomly cutting off and lights up on stage. Cause I messed that entire sequence up. <laughs> It was a good time. You live and you learn, I guess. It was a very good time. I had done it pretty well for about four and a half weeks, but for some reason, we were recording, and I decided all hell was just going to break loose, apparently. Listen, I'm just glad the disco ball didn't cut on in the middle of our performance. Yo, I'm so surprised it never happened. <laughs> I am so surprised it never happened. The, the PSM... Told me it happened for her for Xanadu. And I was like, well, that's yeah. lucky because that's the production you want it to happen. Yeah, it could work. It could work with Xanadu. Yeah. Just, you know, not a Christmas show. Where there's really not that much green in. It's very red and purpley show or yellow. Yeah, that was a very purple, red, pinkish. Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Yeah, honestly, so many. So many good stories from that show. We we did not behave the way we should have. Our DMX remixes. But let's be fair. When do you and I ever behave when we're supposed okay, to? When we're together. That one, because especially like now realizing that there was a third person on headset who just. Oh, he's always. He, yeah. yeah. Well, but he, but he was cool. Chris was cool. And if it wasn't Chris, it was Becky. And they're, they're just fine. Yeah, I, I don't even know if they were ever really listening to us because they had to listen to the audio, which is probably yeah. a bad thing because if they would have heard the things we said, because especially the we wish you would be a Maximus. Wait, hold on. Do you remember when uh, the issue with uh, Jacob Marley, who said he could hear us, and we were like, no, you can't. Oh, <laughs> let's talk about that one. Oh, my um, God. 
We used to talk shit about eh, everyone, everybody. everybody. And we didn't know until week three or week four that there was a hole leading from the stage nurse's booth into the adult male dressing room. And that uh, whoever was in there, which is usually just like one person, for the first, I say, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of the show, could hear everything Chorsey said. <laughs> I have possible deniability because Chorsey was on the headset and couldn't hear what I said. But we talked about everything. We talked about irrelevant things like, you know, the stuff that we've talked about on the podcast in the past two days, just anything, anything, whatever. And and talking shit about the show, talking shit about that man who could overhear us. Yep. The biggest issue is that when he brought it up to us, he said something that we didn't say. Like, I think he was just trying to like cover, like, trying to make us not feel awkward. It's like, oh, I could hear you guys say something, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, yeah, we never said that. And it was definitely something we didn't say. I can't remember what he said, but it was definitely something we never said. So we're like, yeah, you can't hear us. It's something else. We'll be hearing it from the stage. But it's not us. And then one day, at least a full week after he had told us the first time, we tried it. And then Chorosu went in the dressing room. I was in the stage management. And it, no, vice versa. Like, I was in the dressing room and I had Chorosu yeah. talk normally. Like, talk like low. And I was like, I can clearly, <laughs> I can clearly hear everything you were saying. <laughs> We talk shit about this man. Oh, now he's near the room. Talk shit about. And everybody. then when he said, when he said, "I can hear you," we said, "No, you can't." <laughs> and then continued, continued to talk shit. <laughs> and we got, and nothing happened. And he is a great guy, and he never brought up again. He's very, very sweet for that. I like to say, when we realized we. Stopped until we knew he was. He, he was. We didn't stop. We we stopped when he wasn't there. When he was there, and then when he was gone, we we're like, all right, we can talk about whatever. But we oh. went on everybody. To be fair, that cast was wild to deal with. Yeah, I mean, truly wild. I because who? Oh man, no. I mean, everything about that show was because at one point our Scrooge was sick. Mm-hmm. So then, like, there was a possibility our director was going to have to go on, mm-hmm. which he he's done it before, so that's fine. Several times, yeah. But then the next replacement was me, and I was like, absolutely not. So that means I have to be an SM, and I don't know this shit. I'm just hit every cue where the show's going to be over in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're getting out of here, baby. No refunds. <laughs> oh man, it was man. Wait, wait, I gotta circle back. Why do you not like oatmeal? Oh, you're gonna say? Alright. Um, yeah, we can add this to the story. So, when I was about. I was in second grade. Second or third grade. No, Japan. Um, so, we used to walk to school, we in the drum base. And one day, so we were having oatmeal for breakfast, right? It's my favorite. This is my favorite story within my like my family. I think Jazz heard it a few times. But we're having we're having breakfast and it's oatmeal. And I used to I used to really like oatmeal as a kid. Um, and 
anyway, we were having breakfast. I don't remember what happened. We were like talking where it was me and my three sisters on the table and my mom. And it was just like literally like all this happened five minutes before I leave for school. So we were like rushing. We were eating breakfast and like rushing. And my little sister was eating oatmeal. And I watched the oatmeal on the spoon go into her mouth. And then in, in one motion, she put the oatmeal into her mouth and then she threw up. So as the oatmeal on the spoon came into her mouth, puke that looked like oatmeal came out in one motion into her bowl. My oldest sister threw up at the table. I ran away. So like dry heaved. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, I think, I don't think I for sure threw up. But everyone was gagging. And then my mom was like panicking. So she was like, I'll just stay here. The rest of you go to school. Like, like in that moment, kicked us out of the house to go to school. And I was like, I felt so sick walking fucking, I don't know, probably like only like a mile, like less than to the school. Yeah, probably like a mile or something or half mile to the school. Um, a lot for a third grader who thinks he's about to puke. And I had like, it was a horrible day. I felt sick all day. But that image of my sister putting oatmeal into her mouth and all of the oatmeal she's ate come out in, in literally, literally one fluid motion. As the spoon went in, she ate the oatmeal. As the spoon left her mouth, she puked. Like, think of the pacing you do when you use, like, in that same amount of time, just like that quick. Like, oatmeal back into her bowl. Like, I, I hope I don't ruin oatmeal for anybody, but I also hope I ruin oatmeal for everyone. Um, and, like, just great oatmeal going in, great puke coming out. And um, it takes a lot for me to eat oatmeal. Like, I have eaten it since then. And it's a lot. I'm getting sick thinking about it right now. Um, sometimes, <laughs> if I, sometimes if I chew my food too much and it gets mushy in my mouth, and I was like, oh, this, this like, feels like oatmeal, I get sick. Oh, um, no. It is the that image is the first thing I think about when I wake up, and the last thing I think about when I fall asleep. <laughs> of this puke coming out of my mouth, like I am, I've been haunted for like my entire life. <laughs> for, the past, for the past, I don't know how many years, from 2004, so the past like 16 years of my life. Every day, I've thought about my sister puking up oatmeal twice a day. And it was so so yeah, Chorsi. That's why I don't eat oatmeal. And I don't know what that's to do with theater, but I had to make oatmeal for that show. And I was always like, I fucking hate oatmeal so much. Like it was it was fucking disgusting. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast. <laughs> uh, oatmeal sucks. Don't eat it if you oatmeal. You're weird and poor, probably. Um. I'm poor and I don't eat oatmeal, so you guys can get away with something. You have no excuses. So if you like what you heard today, go ahead and uh, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. You know, continue listening, all that, yada, yada, yada. We'll have links attached to wherever this is posted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Dakota. And I'm Chorsey. <laughs> we'll catch y'all later.